Welcome to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast, the show that empowers you to redefine the life you want and live your best life. Now, I'm your host, Francine Belly, and I show purpose-driven entrepreneurs, CEOs, and professionals a powerful pathway to become recognized thought leaders in their field, increase their visibility, trust, and profitability. So join me and my guests every Tuesday for inspirational stories and practical strategies to get more meaning in your work and in your life, make the money you deserve and lead a movement to change the world. I am really excited. I say that all the time, but this one, I'm really, really excited actually to have in this episode of uh, season nine. Fatima Roommate, and she's the president of the International Institute of Scientific Research in Morocco. She's also a member of the Ad Hoc Expert Group on Ethics in AI at UNESCO. And she's also a professor at the University Mohammed V, uh, again in Morocco. So I had to wait quite a long time for her to finally get actually uh, Fatima on the call today. She's really, really busy and I appreciate that she could finally find a bit of time in her busy schedule today to have this conversation. So I could not have finished obviously this series on employee advocacy without talking about what is currently transforming the workplace. I, yes, that's the A word. So who best to talk about this topic than Fatima? Fatima, welcome to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast. Thank you, dear Francine, for uh, having me and for this great invitation. It's oh. usually a pleasure to, to speak with you. Thank you so, so much, Fatima. I really look forward to this conversation. And for those who don't know you, I've introduced you briefly, but for those who don't know you, tell us in your own words who you are and what you do. Well, I'm a dreamer who tries to contribute to the creation of a better future for uh, me, but also for uh, all of us, uh, for others. Uh, and uh, creating a better future starts by ensuring peace and security in a large sense. Uh, that's why uh, uh, artificial intelligence uh, and its implications of international relations and its implications on international law is in the center of my scientific research and in the center of all my uh, activities, in fact, not only the, uh, scientific activities, but also social activities. Mm, I love that. I love the fact that you are taking this wider approach while some people are focusing on AI in their own small corners, in their own small little countries, say, oh, let's see who is going to be the best in AI, etc. You actually are focusing on the international aspect because whether we like it or not, this is going to be beyond our own borders. You know, those are very intricacies and really looking into the international relation aspect is really, really key, actually. So I love, love, love that actually. So what is your background? So what 
you know, how did you come up to this, you know, beautiful, beautiful aspect of really focusing on this international aspect of AI and your own background as a scientist and, you know, doing what you're doing currently? Well, for uh, for many years, I have been uh, teaching and doing scientific research on technologies, particularly AI, and their impact on international relations, international law, international economic law, and in sustainable development. So I have been working also on women's uh, empowerment, uh, particularly economic empowerment, using, of course, uh, technologies and now advanced technologies. And I was also fighting for many years uh, for uh, gender equality, especially in academia. Uh, I published uh, several books and articles in these fields. I also organized several international conferences and training stations uh, dedicated to women empowerment, uh, uh, both economic and political empowerment. Mm, I love that. I love that aspect of uh, really coming from the teaching background and going through um, your, um, you know, the international relationship as relation aspect to women empowerment. What exactly do you do with women? Tell us a little bit more about uh, the work that you do in terms of women empowerment. Yes, for uh, as I said before, I organized uh, several uh, session training uh, or training sessions for women. Uh, 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 let's say uh, new graduated uh, girls, uh, especially, uh, and uh, for women uh, entrepreneurs and uh, women who want to start some economic activities, uh, uh, like, uh, for example, uh, what we call in French lotto emploi, uh, small projects, uh, small uh, companies. And uh, yes, uh, I invested in this uh, training stations for several uh, years now. Uh, mm. I think uh, 2008, 2007. Mm. So uh, we also organized in the International Institute uh, uh, of Scientific Research, but also in other uh, NGOs with whom I'm uh, uh, organizing several uh, activities, training sessions and uh, uh, workshops, etc., to empower women uh, in uh, urban regions as in rural regions. I mean, uh, women who want to create uh, uh, some uh, um, uh, um, what we call in French also les activités génératrices de revenus. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Profitable activities or activities. Yes, yeah. or operatives uh, in rural, especially in rural regions. So, uh, and also training stations for also uh, women who have a high level in, in the university uh, um, to empower them and uh, to give them more skills, especially now in this era of uh, artificial intelligence, uh, they need more digital skills. 
uh, and uh, as you know, this era is, uh, we have usually new technologies, we have usually innovations in this field, so they need to follow up, uh, to follow this, this, this innovation. So and we all usually need new skills uh, to keep our place, uh, uh, if not to enhance it in this in this world. Mm. So, yeah. Mm, yeah, I love that. I love that you both uh, work with women in uh, um, urban areas and rural area. Do you also, we in the rural area, uh, focus much more on the digital uh, type of activities that they can use to generate revenues? Or is it much more traditional uh, empowerment to just help them to be much more entrepreneurial or does it always include the digital component within um, you know what you do yes now we try to include digital skills for those women because they need to find a way to sell them products uh, outside the region and outside the country, if it's possible. So yes, now we are uh, uh, working more uh, on this. Uh, so we are trying to uh, give them uh, more skills and to empower them also on digital uh, fields, if you want. Yeah, yeah, that is very, very important. I don't know if you know that I have uh, written a, a chapter in a book, um, yes. um, the uh, African EU uh, digital cooperation is about fostering African women, um, you know, prosperity for African women using digital networks. And digital component is so powerful. You know, it can be in your own village somewhere in Africa, but trading with somebody in US who is buying your product. So having those digital aspects just take you globally straight away. Yes. So that is so, so important. So tell me, when you were, um, what is, first of all, what is one thing that most people don't know about you? Well, during my, uh, or during the last two decades, uh, I participated in uh, hundreds uh, of international conferences. And uh, I traveled a lot uh, because of my work. But uh, in fact, I am a home party. I don't stay late uh, out and uh, I try uh, to be open to all new experiences and new ideas. I'm open to others uh, considering, of course, uh, cultural di diversity and languages diversity, etc. Uh, during uh, this long uh, uh, experience, uh, I've learned that uh, sometimes we need to not resist fate uh, because uh, there are situations uh, uh, that must be accepted uh, as they are and they cannot be uh, changed. And uh, yes, I usually uh, say yes to also to positive energy. Uh, and uh, I try usually to clean my environment uh, of negative energy because I think that uh, I deserve to be 
uh, only with a good person, with a positive person. Like that, we can continue to gather uh, uh, and we can contribute together to create this better future. We cannot create it alone. We need to create it with others, but with a good person, with a positive person, with a positive energy. I love that. I love that, uh, that, you know, you make sure that, you know, regardless everything that you do, all the conferences that you go, you surround yourself with positive people because yes, you know, um, they say that you, we are the average of the five people we surrounded ourselves with. So if you surround yourself with negative person, guess what? Your energy is going to go there. So yes, to create that, positive world we definitely need to have positive people around us taking care of ourselves and make sure that you know yes so we don't allow those negative energies around us so tell me when you were very very little like three or four years or five years old what did you wanted to do actually when you grew up did you have a dream of what you wanted to do at the time well when i was uh young uh, I was usually with my uh, father who told me about uh, all this uh, faith against uh, colonialism in Morocco uh, and uh, how uh, the reality was uh, in this time how uh, they were living in this under uh, this uh, colonialism uh, and uh, for that I was usually um, um, I usually wanted to understand the global affairs and global issues. And for that, I was usually convinced that the uh, uh, most important choice for me and the most suitable choice for me as a, a, a discipline, uh, uh, as a scientific discipline is international relations. And uh, so like that, I chose to uh, study international relations. And then after that, I usually think that there is no better things for me uh, than uh, to try to disseminate knowledge, uh, knowledge. because I usually uh, believe that uh, uh, when we speak also about econ women economic empowerment, we need to have three elements, uh, or let's say that women economic empowerment should be based on three elements, empowerment by uh, facilitating access to time, uh, resources, and knowledge. And when we have knowledge, then we can ha ensure uh, even uh, resources, uh, access to resources, and uh, we can reduce time and we can invest time, invest well and uh, Yes, invest well uh, time. So uh, for that, I was usually, uh, my, my dream was usually to try with others to find solutions, alternative solutions to the global issues, global affairs, which in fact are uh, influencing our, uh, our everyday everyday life our uh, all in individual life so small things around us are influenced by uh, global issues uh, 
and the yes and the global affairs so uh, for that uh, i chose this way to be a professor at uh, the university uh, and uh, uh, in this uh, i chose this discipline the scientific discipline which is international economic law and international relations but with the time i discovered that uh, technology is a uh, uh, crucial uh, connection points between all fields and uh, all um, problems related to development in general starts by technologies solution could be technology and uh, the problems also could be no access to this technology. So that's why I uh, uh, focused my research on international relations and technologies. Oh, wow, that is a very, very comprehensive answer. <laughs> and uh, yes, starting with your dad, actually, when you were very young, you know, seeing all these um you know, impact on colonialism and trying to understand, you know, how things work at a global, global level and for you to get into the international relationship, uh, you know, um, you know, career and then observing that actually nothing happened without technology. So it's really, really beautiful how you were able to gather those, um, you know, elements to create your own uh, specialty now, actually. So that's really, really powerful, actually. So I know that you wrote a lot of books, um, so but I'd like to hear more about the review. You have written a review on AI in higher education. What would you say are the key points of this review and how this is very relevant today, actually? Yes, I published uh, two books. One uh, was titled uh, Artificial Intelligence and Digital Diplomacy, uh, uh, Limits and uh, uh, Perspectives. And the other, another book is uh, titled uh, Artificial Intelligence, Higher Education and Scientific Research, The Future Developments. And in this book, I think uh, uh, you asked about this uh, last book. Uh, the, in this book, we tried, because uh, I am the editor, but uh, of course, uh, uh, a lot of authors contributed to this book. We have, uh, if I remember well, uh, we have uh, uh, more than 10 chapters uh, in this book. Uh, we tried. Uh, I mean by we all the authors uh, to combine theories and practical uh, cases and tools and we uh, uh, tried to uh, explain this uh, interactions between artificial intelligence and higher education and scientific research because AI is influencing higher education and scientific research ai is a tool and but also it's a, a discipline uh, and the subject of study and a subject of research and also they could be in the near future of competitor considering all evolutions related to uh, uh, gpt and uh, all uh, AI, uh, agi 
So, all, but also scientific research is influencing artificial intelligence. Uh, so, uh, and uh, uh, is, uh, scientific research is behind all future uh, current and future innovations uh, in 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 uh, uh, artificial intelligence. Also, we try to discuss it. Uh, or to discuss the opportunities and challenges um, imposed to uh, the universities uh, now and in the future. And we try to give uh, some so solutions to these uh, uh, challenges. Uh, so, yes, uh, another uh, key points uh, discussed in this book is malicious use of artificial intelligence, because yes, we have this dual impact between AI and scientific research, but also we have uh, uh, also another uh, risks, not only challenge, but also risk, uh, I mean, malicious use of artificial intelligence, uh, especially considering this uh, the emergence of what we call now fake science. So, and another risk is how to protect scientific creativity in this new era, uh, uh, which needs to rethink uh, rules and um, elaborating new policy actions to save uh, uh, human creativity instead of replace it by machine, uh, considering also that now AI are not only tools, they are competitors. Uh, open AI, ChatGPT now can, 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 uh, is a competitor to human researcher. ChatGPT uh, 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 can do research like humans uh, with small differences, uh, but uh, uh, we need, I think, in this era, we need to protect uh, human creativity and we need to have uh, 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 real science, not a fake science. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, what you actually are talking about in scientific research and the risk of AI is actually in every domain. So, you know, it's uh, in... Uh, all kind of IPs, you know, all kind of authors who has written books, all kind of, you know, knowledge out there that ChatGPT just go and collect all those things. And then, you know, anybody can use those. How can we actually that I don't know if that is going to be possible to find some 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 ways of protecting that creativity that you are just talking about? Is there something that you have some ideas of how that can already been done or is it still uh, in research mode or have you find some ideas already how we can protect creativity from AI actually? <laughs> No, in fact, we suggested uh, several recommendations such as we need to rethink the uh, uh, teacher's missions uh, or tasks. Uh, and we need to uh, consider that the teacher and the teacher researcher uh, should be not only uh, someone who disseminate knowledge in the classroom, but uh, uh, he should be uh, such a bridge between uh, society and political and economic society uh, because we need to work together i mean society uh, and also uh, uh, 
legal institutions uh, inside the country uh, to find the good and to uh, define uh, suitable policy actions and suitable uh, legislations uh, which could save this uh, human creativity because uh, we should not count uh, usually on, on large uh, machine, la learning large uh, machine. Uh, we need to count also on our uh, our skills as human. Yes, we need uh, we could be assisted by artificial intelligence, but we need uh, we need also to do some things ourselves. To uh, not, uh, I mean. Uh, to 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 deal with this or to face all the risks uh, which could be imposed by this extension uh, from our memories human memory to uh, machine memory so we need uh, to protect this we need to focus uh, more and to enhance more our skills and we need to rethink our interactions with machines as teachers as students and uh, all people in society need to uh, uh, take care about uh, uh, their relations with uh, with machines with artificial intelligence but also we need more research on this on this topic on this interactions between ai and uh, human we need more uh, scientific discipline like philosophy, psychology, history, culture, languages, religion, uh, or religious uh, 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 fields, etc. So we need all fields to understand well these relations between machine and human. Mm, I love that. I love that uh, inter integrated uh, approach of, and this is only that way that we can find the solution. Because if we just put AI into the technology kind of bubble of silos, and then we do not integrate that with you know other disciplines as you talked about, culture, uh, philosophy, religion, and all those things. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to come up with some kind of, uh, you know, unique or, you know, this kind of, uh, not singularity, but some, some kind of view that is going to be common uh, as human, because this is about human, as human. We need to come together to check how we're going to make sure that AI, we can live with AI rather than, you know, just AI, you know, being there to actually uberize us as human. So um, let's talk about the um, aspect of organizations because this is the episode on uh, employee advocacy, which means that how can organizations use or you know um, you know think about AI to rethink of organization how we work because what I always say is that. The way that organization work today has been the legacy of industrial you know, revolution. So now that we are coming into a new era, can't, shouldn't we think about a totally different way you know, of working that is not coming from, of course, we can keep some legacy thing that is going to serve us. But is it not the time to think globally about the new way of working? What's your thoughts? Yes, I was uh, 
speaking about uh, the importance of AI, which is used now by organizations and not only companies, but also not only in private sector, but also in public sector and in associations, in NGOs, uh, for for several tasks. For companies, it's you, it's uh, already used for uh, the development of products, services, marketing, management, uh, advertising, and also for communication inside organization and outside organizations. But I think that it could be uh, more efficient for, uh, when organizations uh, use these technologies to define their uh, for forecast strategies and it could be uh, more uh, efficient uh, when we consider also these interactions between um, AI and employees and to save uh, human uh, impacts, human touch, let's say, uh, on, the, uh, on this process and inside and human relations inside organizations. <laughs> yeah, so, and uh, have you seen at the moment some of organizations, how they are already using this? Um, do you have any ideas or any case studies or how some organizations are already using AI um, to actually, um, you know, redesign perhaps uh, the workplace? Well, let's say that's a... What we can observe as a researcher that uh, there is a big gap between developing and developed countries in this level. So we need to uh, work on this also. And uh, we need more international cooperation between the global south and the global north, uh, especially, for example, in Africa, between between African countries and other countries from the global north, uh, because now artificial intelligence is influencing all countries, and we need uh, first of all to have access to these technologies and to know how we can uh, uh, take more advantage from these technologies and how we can uh, uh, reduce uh, uh, and face all the challenges. I think we need more work on this level in uh, uh, the global south and uh, between us, between uh, countries in the global south and countries uh, and the global south uh, and the global north. So yes, we need to more work on this and in different level in legislation and in uh, national strategies uh, or initiatives, policy actions. We need more training to uh, enhance uh, human resources uh, and uh, uh, to make them able to face all the challenges imposed by AI uh, inside the uh, our countries. So yes, we need more effort on this global efforts, but also efforts inside every country. How is a Moroccan uh, organization at, at, at the moment using AI or what's the state uh, in Morocco at the moment in terms of AI use? 
Well, Morocco is a part of this global efforts and uh, is, uh, he established, uh, the Moroccan government established several uh, AI initiatives uh, as a first step to uh, the national AI national uh, strategy. And uh, now, yes, a lot of uh, organizations are uh, using AI for uh, several tasks and also for uh, to define uh, forecast strategies, uh, considering, uh, for example, 2000s, uh, uh, next decade or more. So, uh, yes, we have, and also we have uh, now the new. Uh, uh, reform uh, considering higher education and in this reform uh, Morocco uh, in, uh, integrates uh, also uh, AI in uh, this uh, higher education system and uh, I think that in the near future will uh, Moroccan government will also integrate uh, uh, AI in all level of study since uh, the primary school until higher education. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's... yes, we are a part of this uh, uh, global effort to face to take advantage from uh, AI and maximum yeah. advantage from AI and also face them challenges. Mm -hmm. So, what is your advice, Fatima, to leaders who want to best use? AI in their organization to harness the power of their employees? Any advice? I think they need to invest more on uh, the reinforcement of human resources skills. And uh, because uh, we need to have this uh, common understanding of how and for what we are using uh, AI. We need to keep this uh, human control on AI and uh, to save human creativity, as we said before. Uh, and uh, especially now with this uh, um, global debate around uh, Industry 5.0 uh, with uh, human-centered uh, uh, and uh, technology uh, also, and this uh, mm, uh, how organizations are trying to create this balance between the profit from one side using AI and human rights and sustainable development from the other in the other side. So I think for that we need to keep. Uh, this human control on, uh, on AI and to uh, invest more on our interactions with uh, technologies, with ad this advanced technologies. I love the fact that you actually uh, talked about this human-centered, um, uh, you know, uh, focus actually, which is something that I also are exploring right now. How can we bring this human-centered leadership you know, in a world that seems to be dominated by technology, AI, and things like that. So I think that, yeah, this is where our focus needs to go, actually, and making sure that you, um, we, we find that human-centered leadership. And you also mentioned about this um, Industry 5.0. I saw that you published something on uh, LinkedIn, actually, uh, about, um, you know, Industry 5.0. So I don't know what actually that was about, 
But uh, can you touch some about uh, something about uh, those Industry 5.0 and how human-centered leadership is involved? So yes, in this Industry 5.0, uh, actors, let's say actors, governments, uh, companies, uh, NGOs, uh, uh, so all, all and either uh, and also individuals, uh, employees in this case. Uh, uh, try to create this balance between uh, AI, between advanced technologies and human rights. Uh, and uh, when we said AI, so AI as a tools uh, to create profits, because the goal of uh, uh, Industry 5.0 and all uh, other uh, uh, types of industry for, from industry dot. The 1.0 to industry 5.0, the profit is in the center. But what about human rights? We need to protect human rights. And for that, this balance could be created for the moment by ethics of artificial intelligence, which is a kind of a bridge between the profit and uh, human rights. Uh, of course, uh, when I said for the moment, because now we are in this um, transition period between Industry 4.0 and Industry 5.0. And this transition period should be uh, managed by ethics of AI, waiting, of course, for more uh, safe period when we will have suitable regulations and policy actions to face all the challenges imposed by AI in industry and to keep human rights. Because yes, usually we say that uh, and, uh, companies, the goal of the companies, especially transnational companies, is the profit, is the growth, but only states who could save, who could protect human rights. And uh, uh, states, they have this social contract with individuals. Even if these individuals are now contributing uh, uh, and the, the number of members of the social media created by transnational companies, let's say big tech, are sometimes more important than the voters who vote for government. So it's a, a little bit quite complicated, but we need to find this balance and we need the intervention of the states to create this balance with regulations, with policy actions, with training and enhancing uh, human resources skills in this era of artificial intelligence. Oh, wonderful. Now we are coming to the last part of this podcast. So uh, I just wanted to know where do you get your inspiration from? So what gives you meaning in life? Yes, um, the hope that brought the learners in my classes, in fact, those uh, younger boys and girls, from uh, rural regions in Morocco, from uh, uh, other countries, African and Arabic countries, uh, such for, from Mali, from Ghana, from 
Palestine from uh, Sudan. And for example, I have one student, Nadia, who is trying, uh, who is working on her thesis in Morocco with a broken heart uh, for her family who is under the fire in Gaza. Uh, Jalal went to his country last year and uh, uh, Sudan, and now he is working on his thesis uh, uh, during the war in Sudan. From my colleagues, from uh, such, for example, my colleague in uh, from Kiev, uh, who is also trying to achieve his article uh, even uh, during the war because uh, uh, he respects his engagement and uh, he wants to meet the deadlines. So all those people are in fact such an inspiration for me. They are facing every day and this light I can say in, the, in my students' uh, eyes uh, when I try to explain to them some some things, uh, these lies give me this hope. In fact, is such an inspiration and this uh, 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 source of power for me. Mm, wow, that is really really powerful. Yes, getting all those students coming from all the corners of the world who are facing in their home country such a, yeah. you know you know unbelievable you know sufferings you know yes um but still have to keep focus to you know get these goals or these dreams that they want to achieve um you know is yes i can tell how you know, inspirational that can be for you actually to see, mm. you know, them to keep focus and not giving up. And uh, because, you know, they, yeah. they, they hope, they have the faith and they hope that tomorrow is going to be better. Um, and we hope all that tomorrow is going to be better rather than having, you know, in all the corners of the world, those wars going on, you know. And mm -hmm. um, yes, you know, we need to all come together as one and uh, make uh, the world a better place. So, um, you know, now let's talk about money. I'm a very mm -hmm. generous person and uh, I have one billion pounds for you today. So if I give it to you, what would you do and how would you spend your days with that? Well, I think uh, and I believe that uh, Everyone in this world has a mission. And to achieve my mission, God gives me a lot of gifts to be able to create a better future, not only for me, but for others and with others. So to be able to help others. And after a long uh, year of learning and a long experience, I think it's time to share this uh, with uh, others. For sure, I will invest the parts, uh, one part of the sum in scientific research, and uh, I will dedicate uh, the second part to helping others, especially to, to achieve the higher education, because it's uh, okay to 
create a safe future for them and for others. Uh, I think it's good to support others in higher education, not only for them, but also for uh, uh, them countries. Mm, yeah, I love that. You are not going to go and buy a yacht or a, a jet no. <laughs> no. And, and sit on the beach. <laughs> No, I have learned from my father and yeah. from my mother also usually to put values and principles uh, to my uh, in my life in all my activities. So now um, I don't have this, and uh, I usually try to uh, to find uh, and to look about happiness not in uh, uh, money or some. Uh, things but in a small details in our life one uh, modest uh, lunch with my kids maybe one uh, great moments with my friends or with my students uh, when i give a course and when i uh, feel that i give all in this course i shared all what i have with my students it's a moment of happiness for me so Oh, yeah. Wow, that is so inspiring. Yeah, exactly. Finding happiness in all those small moments, you know, whether it's sharing those moments with your kids, students, uh, friends, um, you know, that is it, you know, not waiting for that one billion dollar to come to uh, one billion pound to come to feel that happy and uh, to affect finding those happiness in small moments. That's really, really inspiring. And how do you want to be remembered for Fatima? By this, by how um, I dedicated my life to put these values and principles in uh, all of my activities. And I think that this is the most important things uh, I would like that others uh, remembered uh, me. I dedicated my life to uh, organize uh, social activities, scientific activities, uh, and uh, to research and scientific research. I think that I gave uh, several ideas, modest ideas, uh, and a modest contribution to this global efforts, uh, global scientific research efforts related to AI and global issues. I hope. I will be remembered by my books, my articles, and uh, also this uh, 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 modest uh, knowledge. Mm -hmm. That is really wonderful, wonderful, Fatima. Definitely, I'll definitely remember you for your sharing, your gifts, and all your knowledge, and your inspiration, and um, you know those little moments that you value the most, and your student that gives you inspiration. So I really, really love that. So how can yes. people reach you and learn more about you and your work? Yes. Um... Through my, uh, through my social media, of course, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, even if I'm not uh, very active in X or Twitter, but uh, yes, through LinkedIn and uh, network uh, and uh, Facebook, but also through my articles uh, in uh, in uh, some platforms like uh, Academia, ResearchGate, uh, etc. Uh, but let me just add some, uh, one thing about this uh, um, about how people. Uh, 
um, how I want that that others remembered me. Uh, I think that for the moment I have this inner satisfaction. I am good enough and I have this uh, inner satisfaction, but I try keep to contribute with others to do good things for all of us. And uh, I think this give uh, the, the, to put, uh, usually to put values and principles in our lives, this give meaning to, 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 to our lives. So not only money who, who could facilitate, yes, they could facilitate life, but only values and principles and how we keep uh, defending this human and uh, and uh, uh, values and principles which could give a meaning to our lives so yes mm, yeah i love that this is what this postcard podcast is all about is about meaning meaningful work doing meaningful work and living a meaningful life and this is why those three m also exist first meaning this is where you get the values and the principles that are so important. How do you want to live your life and what you, are you standing for? Then obviously money, because we need some money to conduct our research and do the thing, but it's not the core of it. And then the movement, you know, which movement are we creating or are we leading or are we part of to make yeah. the world a better place? So thank you so much for you know, creating this beautiful movement of AI and value principles live uh, for us and for everybody. And I hope that, you know, uh, you're going to give us even more um, insight through your academic research. We're going to find a way of bringing all these AI together. Thank you so, so much, Fatima, for joining this podcast and for sharing all your gifts, your knowledge with our listeners. And I will see you on the other side. Thank you. Well, that is it for today. And before we go, don't forget to subscribe to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast if you love what you've heard. The show notes of the episode are on my website, francinebelay.com slash podcast. Once you are there, you can also take the free personal branding for impact test. It's only two minutes and you will discover the score in seven key areas to improve your career or business success through personal branding. It's quick and it's free. I will see you next week for another episode of season nine. Until then, dream, act, and live an impact. Lots of love.